Join me, Christine Weinbrenner Eirich, for soulful conversations with my community of travelers, exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe. We might all agree that we are missing travel right now. These conversations highlight what tourism really means for the world. Soul of Travel honors the passion and dedication of the people making a positive impact in tourism. In each episode, you'll hear the story of industry professionals and seasoned travelers who know travel is more than a vacation. It is an opportunity for personal awareness and it is a vehicle for change. We are thought leaders, action takers, and heart-centered change makers. This is the soul of travel. Kelly Lewis is a women's travel industry maven and the founder of Damesley, Go Girl Guides, and the Women's Travel Fest. She is passionate about talking about travel as a means of connecting to your personal power and capabilities and an avid advocate for women to live up to their biggest lives, regardless of anyone else's opinions. She's the author of the upcoming book, Tell Her She Can't, to be released this June on the 29th. How do we stay open to possibility and leave space for the magic to happen in travel and in life? How do we determine which of our ideas and big magic, thanks Liz Gilbert, to grab a hold of and which ideas to release back into the universe? These are just a few of the things I talk about with Kelly during our conversation. She's been the one breaking down barriers and creating community for women in travel. And now she's doing the same thing with her book, Tell Her She Can't, which is filled with inspiring stories of unstoppable women. I'm grateful she shared this powerful and emotional journey with me, and I'm honored to share it with all of you. Join me now for my soulful conversation with Kelly Lewis. Good morning and welcome to Soul of Travel. I'm so excited to be sitting down today with Kelly Lewis. Damesley is her women's travel company. That's how we connected. And um, Kelly, as we start this conversation, I actually would just like to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself, talk a little bit about um, who you are, what you do in the space of travel, and then we will kind of wind through your journey in this space together and talk about all of the amazing things you are a part of. Sure. What an adventure. Um, (laughs) I am Kelly Lewis. Thank you so much for having me. I am a woman who wears many hats. Um, I'm a serial entrepreneur, a creator. I've done a lot of really cool things in the women's travel space. Um, 10 years ago, I launched, actually 11 years ago, I launched Go Girl Guides, which is uh, the first series of travel guide books made just for women. Then I started the Women's Travel Fest, which is an annual conference that's been going on for eight years now. And then I started Damesley, a women's tour company. Um, and then travel stopped. <laughs> so, yeah. so now I do even more things. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, we were just talking about all the things. And I have found that this year or last year, however, this expanse of time. I have been the busiest I have ever been not traveling, which feels really ironic. Like, I don't really know how that happened, but 
Um, I also have an adverse reaction to sitting still. So I think um, we have really similar <laughs> mindsets, energy, I don't know, balance or imbalance. Um, I was just thinking as I was preparing for this interview that really I have been following your journey since um, Go Girl Guides. And um, I lived in Arizona at the time. And do I remember right that you were, were you still in Tucson when you launched that? Still in Tucson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like however I, wherever I was in the space of travel, I heard about this woman launching this company. She was also in Arizona and I was so excited that, um, there was this kind of space being created just to celebrate women in travel, which had always been my passion and had always been kind of, um, I was always given that look, I guess, when you think about when you were talking to professionals in the industry about creating a program for travel, specifically for women, also um, focusing on like uh, bringing in and very much like you've done growth and personal development and all of these things that are important to women and tying it to travel. So uh, I love so much kind of the similarities in the space for travel that we've created. And then also having watched all the things you've done between then and now. So um, for Go Girl Guides, how, how did that start for you? Like what was your an impulse to create that? Yeah, I think that you hit the nail on the head when you said like that we've created the space because that's totally true. You know, I had a dream in the middle of the night in December of 2010 that I was staring at a guidebook for women. And in my head, I was going, this is totally your calling. You should have done this. Now somebody already did it. And like, <laughs> like I was like admonishing myself in my dream for not have creating this thing that was supposed to be mine. And, um, and I could see everything like the hot pink that is now our signature color, like uh, the words kind of almost even the name. And I, at the time I was working as a journalist. So I uh, was working in an office for a trade publication called Gourmet News and in Tucson. And um, I hated, I hated that job. I really did. I hated it so much. I hated being in a cubicle. I hated being under fluorescent lights. And I, um, in the middle of my work day, I remembered this dream and it like hit me like an anvil, you know, like almost cartoon style. Like I shot back in my chair and I Googled and I was like, this is definitely a thing. Like it's 2010. There's no way this isn't already done. And I couldn't find anything when I was Googling. I could barely find any, there was like maybe two solo female travel blogs. Like there really wasn't any information specific to women's travel. And I knew from my own travels that like, there were so many things that my girlfriends were telling me that like my guidebooks were not telling me. And I just feel like at that point in time, the powers that be, the makers of guidebooks and the makers of information didn't really recognize that women have specific concerns while traveling. And so I knew right then and there that I had to, I mean, like it was a dream. I had to make it mine. And I remember like telling the idea, like, please stick with me for a few months while I figure out how to do this. Like, don't go to somebody else. Don't let somebody else create this. Mm -hmm. And then literally three months later, I was in Thailand working on our first guidebook. And I really like, I had 
no idea what I was doing. None. No experience writing guidebooks. You know, I was a journalist, so I knew I, I knew about gathering information, but so many things I had to learn on the fly. But it also gave me a really unique opportunity to be like, okay, well, if you're going to recreate something, how can you make it better? What do you want to include? What are you going to do to make it to make it different? Like, what would I want if somebody was writing it for me? Mm-hmm. So that's how it started. Um, and then Go Girl Guides just kept growing. And I was really lucky that I did start in Tucson because it, it is was a smaller community. And I, I was a journalist in that town. So like I had worked for the Arizona Daily Star and the Tucson Citizen. And so when I started creating these things, like it was a cool, it was a cool thing that I was doing, but it was also, I was known by the media. So I got a lot of media attention. And so mm-hmm. that was really cool way of like my town showing me that they're really proud of this and they kind of boosted me up and, um, and it sort of just took off, you know, we ended up doing three guidebooks within like a year and a half or two years. Um, and then I knew I wanted to move to New York city. So I called Penske and I said, Hey, I want to move to New York city. Can I turn it into a book tour? And will you help me? Like, will you sponsor me? Cause I, you know, I was broke <laughs> like this whole time. I was not, I was totally broke. I was eating like cans of tuna and beans and rice. Like I had no money. I was bartending. I was writing. I was doing everything I could to support the businesses. And, um, and so they sponsored me and I went on a big cross country book tour and took a whole bunch of photos of the truck in front of the Grand Canyon and, you know, like turned it into an opportunity that got me to New York City. And I also got to make my way across the country speaking to women about travel. And then when I got to New York, I was like, man, those conversations were so incredible. Like they wanted to pick my brain for hours and the energy in the rooms of just talking about adventure and, you know, what it means to be a woman in the world. And so when I got to New York, I was like, okay, I'm doing this in a bigger way. And that's how Women's Travel Fest started. So it kind of all naturally compounded, except I also mm-hmm. had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I had no yeah. idea that how, to, how to produce an event, especially an event of this size. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm certainly a baptism by fire kind of girl. Like I learn on the go and I am, you know, I spend a good amount of time, usually before I'm falling asleep, completely freaking out about what I'm doing, but I do it anyway. And that's, <laughs> that's how it goes, you know? Um, I, I love so many parts of that because I think so many of us have that paralysis of moving forward because we don't know all the steps, right? So we have this maybe a literal dream or this vision. And because we don't know how to get all the way from A to Z, we just don't even start. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, that's part of why I hadn't launched Lotus Sojourns for so long. Like I, I have all of these files on my computer that say, you know, this travel biz, this travel biz, this travel biz. And I would start. And then I was like, well, I don't know how to get all the way to like the biggest tour operator in the world. Well, Clearly, I mean, that's not even the path I wanted, but it's just that that's the only place my mind kind of knew how to go. And then um, I just at one point was like, throw out the rest. Like, what what does the next step feel like or what feels good and just try it? And so I think that's a really valuable lesson to share with people that are listening that you don't actually in the entrepreneur space, I feel like 
most of us don't fully know where we're going when we take off. And so that's part of the freedom and the creation is because we don't have this fully mapped out business plan. And all of a sudden, like you said, you were writing these books and then you were having great conversations. You're like, no, this is my next like thing. This is what I'm on fire about. And you can just Mm -hmm. keep following your own path. And, um, so I think that's really, it's really cool to see how that worked for you and how you really listened to what was coming up for you, what was coming up for the people you were connecting with and kept building on that. Um, for women's travel fest. So I know this was a really unique space and this seems to also be a theme for you is creating unique spaces, um, whether with your company, with the guides, with this festival, um, how did, how did that really, like, what was your intention for creating a women's travel festival? I wanted to get as many people together as I could to share our successes and our stories about being women in the world and encourage each other to keep going and to see other places. You know, I know for me, like there are so many destinations I was never interested in until somebody that I loved and trusted was talking about them. And then I was like, oh yeah, what if I did go to Japan? What if I did go to China? You know, I'm, I grew up in Hawaii, so I was like always around Japanese culture. So I didn't really strongly have a desire to go to Japan until somebody started telling me like, this is the coolest place. And, and, and it is. <laughs> so, but sometimes it just takes someone's perspective to shift and get you to see a destination with new eyes. So really the whole focus was let's get together. Let's talk about being women who travel. And I had no idea what that was going to look like. Um, it's, this also was the first event in the world for women, the first conference for female travelers. Um, that wasn't like, I didn't set out to be the first. I just was like, well, let's, let's do it. Like, this is the time. I had also met Michaela Malazzi. So um, she's the director of the Women's Travel Fest. And I met her at another conference where I was speaking in New York about women's travel. And at a bar, I said, hey, I have this idea. I want to do this thing. And she was like, I love it. Let's figure out how to do it. And so it was pretty much in her kitchen that we were like, let's figure out how to do it. Like, what would we want to talk about? And we would go through potential topics and then people that we knew who would be experts on those topics or people that we knew who we wanted to speak and then fit topics around what they're experts in. So it was really just like a jigsaw puzzle. And at that first year, it was a one day event. I had literally no idea how to produce events. And I mean, the cost associated, I think what stops entrepreneurs a lot is the money, right? It was, it was a lot. Our venue was $10,000. That was more money that I had spent on anything ever. So I was absolutely terrified, like panic attacks at the end of the night. And, you know, now I know in events, like ticket sales don't start picking up until the week before the event, really like the two days before the event. So I was freaking out thinking 20 people were going to come you know, I was going to lose all this money. We were charging $75 a ticket. I mean, we just didn't know what we were doing. And, um, but at the same time, people liked that it was new and it was cool. It was an emerging space. So at the very last minute, um, Samantha Brown came on as our keynote speaker. And I feel like we found her because Michaela knew her cat sitter. And it was like this super weird, like, how many degrees of separation can we get to Samantha Brown? Um, but she was is so gracious and lovely and came on as our first keynote. 
And then the uh, director, the, like one of the directors at Expedia loves Samantha Brown. So she was like, I want to sponsor this. And so Expedia came on as our platinum sponsor, like the week before the show. So I remember calling my dad, like hyperventilating, panicking, being like, what have I done? I'm going to be in so much credit card debt because all of this was just going on my credit cards. And then Expedia came in and we barely broke even. I mean, but I didn't lose $10,000, which was great. So I remember feeling like, I don't know what we're doing, but then it happened and it was magical. And there was this, this emotional energy of sharing and celebrating and like, you know, and it wasn't like a how-to kind of show. It was really just these are our experiences. This is what I've been through. This is where I went. And this is how I did it. And it was really like more than I could ever imagine. So that one day show has now turned into a three day show ever since. Um, and it's no longer $75. <laughs> you know, what's funny though about pricing in entrepreneurship is we were so afraid that people wouldn't come that we wanted, we made it so cheap. Right. But I have sold out of Women's Travel Fest every single year, ever since that first year when we charged $75 and now tickets are $397. So it's like this thing that happens with pricing is like sometimes when you raise your prices, it, people want it more. And I like couldn't understand that because I didn't have money for a really long time. In fact, you know, I was bartending in New York City for the first five years that I was there, six years that I was there. I was, I had only recently quit bartending in 2018 when I decided, you know, my businesses need me more than the bar needs me. So for a long time, and like, I, I worked with the cards that I had, you know, I had beer distributors coming in, you know, talking to me about bar stuff. And while I had them, while we became friends, I'd be like, Hey, I'm hosting an event. Can you, can you sponsor? Can you throw some product towards it? So I like combined every facet of my life to get what I needed to get and to do what I needed to do. And, um, it's, it really has been like such a journey, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, through all of these soul of travel com conversations, that has been my favorite theme because I always felt like this an anomaly of a person who I've done all of these things in my life. Like I have a background in journalism and in travel. I have a degree in sociology and criminology. I have all of these things and they seem so disjointed but then as you start bringing things together and like as I started traveling I realized that's how I travel is like as a sociologist and it's how I see the world plus I have this journalistic side so it brings in that storytelling and connection and um you know just and then really the, all of the varied education is just this curiosity about the world. And so all of a sudden it starts making sense. So we think we have all these tools in these random tool bags and we're not sure. And then it does, it starts just like falling into place and opening doors and creating conversations and contacts. And before you know it, like you are not anywhere near where you thought you were going, but you somehow got to where you were meant to arrive. Um, and I've seen that um, so many times. And I think it's that ability to just um, like let go and just be carried away and see what happens. And I think also that is what creates really valuable travel experiences is leaving space for the magic to happen, kind of like what you were saying. And um, 
I'm so grateful that you created Women's Travel Fest, that you've created this conversation around women traveling, because I know for me, uh, it, it has given me permission, one, to launch my own business, business, because if when I started Googling women's travel companies and I didn't see any, I would have been like, oh, we still can't do this, you know, or maybe I would have been like, I can, but this is still going to be a really big uphill battle, which it still kind of is. But um when we see other people doing what we want to do, it allows us to kind of step into that space. So I like that that's kind of been your path. And I love hearing your other interviews because I just imagine you kind of like wielding this sword everywhere you go. And you're like, I've got this. I'm going to just cut this down and take care of it for you. <laughs> so I really feel like you. that. <laughs> well thank you I mean I, it does kind of feel like that and I definitely at certain at certain points have said to my mom like god why can't I just do something that's like easy to follow like why do I always have to be the one navigating these new spaces and like there's a lot of of pressure right and then and also there's like this weird fear I think that I had in the beginning that like somebody's gonna see what I'm trying to do have more money and experience and do it better but like people are focused on their own stuff. And if that's not their path, they're not going to follow you. So I don't, I am like, I constantly am sharing what I'm thinking about, what I'm working on. I'm very like open about the creative process because I'm not afraid that someone's going to like jump in and swoop in. And if they do, then like, that's great. That's for them, you know? And I, I in terms of women's travel, like in the space, I just feel like there's so many avenues for all of us. And, and the more we can share the better um, because it did take me a really long time. And I, I feel like it was really hard and it's still, I mean, in the beginning, all I heard was why do women need their own guidebooks? Like what's different about a women's travel guidebook? Like how do women travel differently? Usually men were saying this, but you know, and you're constantly having to be like, I think this is, I think this is a thing. I think this is what we need. I feel like this is something that I would need. My sister would need. So yeah, and then now, I mean, now 11 years later, I sometimes feel like I'm too gendery. Like, you know, like I'm too, like I'm not exclusionary, but you know, there's so many different types of travelers in the world and so many different types of people. And so, yeah, so it's, it's, you know, you never really know if what you're doing is the right thing. You just do it because you feel connected to it. I think that's the, the like end story. It's like, if you feel the calling towards it, you have to walk down that path, even if it puts you in credit card debt, even if it keeps you up at night, even if you have to bartend to pay for it, you know, like you figure it out. You just have to walk down the path of whatever that idea is telling you to do. And so that's kind of where I am now, right? Because now it's like, okay, well, I've done all these things. It's been 11 years. I don't know that I need to keep doing things and travel. Like maybe I need to take the ethos of who I am and, and push it a little bit further because I can't travel. So when you were saying like, you've been very busy this year, I feel like I've been very creative this year. Like I've never been more creative in my life and it's almost overwhelming. Like, you know, my, <laughs> my mom, you know, I was talking to her yesterday and she's like, I think you need to just like meditate and ask the universe for what you want. Cause you're doing so many things. And, um, and it is hard cause it, it, it's a blessing and a curse to have a brain that's constantly creating. Um, but you really have to get selective on what, what is executed and what is just an idea. And that's part of where I am now. 
that's a really hard skill to hone because especially when you feel that calling, like you were saying, that's directing you to do these things. And if you've been lucky enough to already kind of like answer that call once and feel it and see how that flow where it goes and what that feels like and the magic that happens, then the next time you get that flutter, you're like, oh yeah, I'm ready. Like, here's the next thing. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh that was a flutter and that was a flutter and that was a flutter. And you're like, nope, that's too many flutters. And yeah, I, I mean, I've done that. That's, you know, launching this. And I launched a book sojourn this year, which is just like another way of traveling and exploring and connecting because we can't travel and a t-shirt brand. And then I was thinking that just now, like there was another thing that kind of came to my mind and I was like, say no, like it's okay to let this one pass. And if it's meant to be like, it will come back around when you have the bandwidth to actually execute it properly. And, um, make it yours. And I also loved the vision of you dreaming about girl, go girl guides and then like claiming it. I think that's something that's really powerful. It's one of my favorite things from big magic where it's like all these ideas exist, right. And they're looking for a place to land. And so sometimes if we've witnessed that kind of what we were just saying, like we want to hurry up and grab that idea. So it doesn't move on. Um, and then sometimes like, how, how do we say, no, I like, I release the magic of that idea out to the next person, or maybe I'll connect with them in five years and we'll end up like working on this project together. Or I don't know, I just trusting the, the universe for that to, to happen. Um, so I know your latest journey. So we've gone through all of these travel ideas. Um, is the book that you're finishing writing that's been a journey in and of itself and um, and really the journey is like this overarching theme right we all are on our own personal journey our whole life and then in our career in our personal life and then literally in travel and I also when I read the name of your book I was like of course her book is tell her she can't and I'm like that's like I feel like it's probably tattooed on your arm or something that you're like I can. <laughs> yeah, it should yeah. be. <laughs> it should be. It really should be. So, yeah, okay, so I'm going to rewind you like 35 years in the past um, to really tell this story. And it's one that I have really had a, a hard time speaking about publicly, right? But it's like central to everything. So I was not supposed to make it like in life. I grew up in an environment that was very abusive and I was constantly told that I was too fat, I was too stupid, I would never make it in life, I would be a stain on society, that it was useless for me to try and I heard these things every day for my entire life until I, I graduated high school and I moved out three days later. So I grew up amidst a lot of resistance. And because of that, I had to really channel and say, you know, I'm not going to let this destroy me. And I had kind of a pivotal moment when I was 11 and my mom came into my room and she sat on the bed and she said, you have two choices. You can let this destroy you or you can use this as fuel. And I was really angry for a really long time. And I said to myself, you know what? 
I am not going to let them win. Like I am going to use these words and one day I will be even more successful than they are. And so that's like the defiance that created me. So I guess if you fast forward, we're talking about like macheting through boundaries and barriers, that's that same spirit. And so I, I have not really talked much about this, number one, because it's hard to talk about, but I think that it's honestly a super common thing for strong women and accomplished women. I know a lot of really successful women came from difficult beginnings and had difficult experiences as children. And so I wanted to write a book about it, about my own story, about turning negativity into fuel, about becoming the people they said that you couldn't, about, you know, flipping the bird to the world that says that you aren't this thing, you can't be this thing. Um, and I'm just one person, right? So for a long time, this idea, again, this idea was mulling in my head, mulling in my head. One day I was taking a bath and I heard, tell her she can't, tell her she can't, tell her she can't. And I remember thinking like, that's a great title for this book that I want to write one day. And like, so I just sat on that. I bought the domain. This is what I do when I come up with ideas. I buy the domain and then I just sit on it. So I sat on it for a long time. And then during the pandemic, when I couldn't get out of bed because everything was disappearing that I'd spent a decade building, I thought to myself, okay, well, in the stillness, what are you going to do? You know, like now is the perfect time for you to write a book like this. So I started sketching out the story, my own story. And then I started thinking, you know, like I'm just one person. And like, what about the things that I haven't gone through? What about, you know, women who've overcome racism or domestic violence or cancer or, you know, teen pregnancy? Like there's so many things that women specifically have to go through. And, and, and it's, so I started doing interviews. I started asking some women that I knew like, that had gone through difficult things, um, you know, I started talking to them about that and like what that journey looks like, because I think the inevitability of life is that at some point you're going to come up against barriers and people who doubt you and people who, you know, for their own reasons, dim your shine. And so I started doing interviews and then at some point it just snowballed. These ladies introduced me to other ladies who introduced me to other ladies. And I ended up talking to like over 100 different women about things that they had gone through and that ran the gamut of like loss of limb, you know, freak accidents, um, alopecia, like just everything that you could think of that is defining these really difficult things and how they got through it. And not only how they got through it, but how those very things inspired that journey and like contributed to that growth. So that's the book in a nutshell. Um, I, I've broke down, uh, I categorize these ladies into a series of power words. So we have trailblazers, change makers, pioneers, uh, prevailers, champions. And in each of these sections, I tell a story from my own life where I was a trailblazer, where I was a change maker, where I was, you know, a prevailer. And it's kind of like, we are all of these things, all of us. And um, it's, it really became like this, like a quilt. Like I felt like I was stitching together like the, the, the essence of feminine resilience. And, 
and it's so badass. And so now it's like, and then, so that became a podcast, right? So now I'm starting, I'm launching the season one of that podcast soon. So this has just been a crazy journey. And in terms of publishing the book, you know, in publishing, you have three options. You can self-publish, hybrid publish, or go traditional. Um, and I've let that book kind of dictate what path it wants to be on. And so originally I was like, I'm just going to self-publish this. And then hyper publisher came in and said, we want to publish it. So now it's like, it's, uh, it's turning into a, a bigger project. And, but that, that puts a lot of stress on me to say like exactly when it's coming out. And like, I can't say that, you know, I don't know exactly because the publishing journey keeps evolving. But what I do know is this project feels very much central to who I am as a human being. And what I also know is that in taking the path of creating it, it means inevitably that I'm going to have to let go of some of the brands that I have built because I can't do it all. It's like a lateral move, right? So if I've always been in women's empowerment as it relates to travel, and by the way, like that to me is important because traveling showed me that I could, like traveling showed me that I was strong enough to capable enough to survive in a different place and, and to see the world safely and successfully. So that is also a central tenet to who I am. But if, if I've always been in women's empowerment and travel, like I, it's a lateral move to be in women's empowerment and resilience, right? Cause it's like, I just feel like it's kind of my mission to speak to people who are surrounded by negativity and like help them push through that because it's just bullshit <laughs> when other people try to place boundaries on us. And, you know, society has been doing it to women forever. So I don't necessarily know exactly the full reach of what this is going to turn into or where I'm going to go, if it's going to be coaching, if it's going to be courses. Um, I'm just walking down the path and like seeing, seeing how it feels because I know that it's important to me. Mm -hmm. So. Hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that, um, all of that. And I know that there's so much more, but I appreciate um, you letting us inside of how that book came about. And um, as you were speaking before you mentioned women's empowerment, like that's very much, I could see that common thread. Like, I'm like, it makes so much sense that this is inside of you and that that's where you're coming from, because that's, that's, I mean, that's why I have been inspired by your work is seeing your journey. And it's always been this, like, you know, I'm going to do it. And so are you, and we can do this together and very much about storytelling and connection and empowerment. And, um, and I think, like you said, travel really allows us to access some of those things. And, um, and I'm sure you've had these conversations as well, but when you talk about bringing um, growth and, and transformation into the space of travel, like some people really get it. And some people are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And, and so then the storytelling part comes in, but when you, you find yourself in the craziest situations when you travel, if you're really like letting yourself be a part of the world. And then you are, for instance, I just had an experience like riding this horse down this trail of death in Peru on a saddle that was like tied with like thread. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like tipping sideways.
ways and one leg's half straight and one leg's all the way up. And I, I just was like, I will make it through this. I can't wait to see my growth. Like I'm already ready to get to the growth process. I'm like, okay, stay in the moment. But then also I was thinking about like, I was scouting a trip and I was like, what would this be like with eight other women all going through whatever that conversation is in their mind, thinking they can't do this. This is terrifying. This is insane. What did I sign up for? You're also at elevation. So your heart's pounding like crazy already and all of these things. And then all of a sudden that day is done and you have just done all the things you've done. And then when you do it in community and you live through other people's stories, um, it's just amplified. So I, I love so much that that, like the essence of all of that has been carried through all of the work that you do and the community and space for, for storytelling, um, championing women, um, very similarly, like my mission or my purpose is just that women know their importance in their life, in this place, on this planet, like no more no's. So I feel like we, we have a very similar, like, I'm like, it's just enough with the no's already. Like just, yes, you can. Um, so I cannot wait, um, to see where this goes for you and being so lucky to be a part of communities that you've created. Um, I just know the magic of those spaces. And so, um, it's, it really, it's hard to convey when you're talking about the magic, but. Mm -hmm. It is, but I also think, and I've, I've been interviewed a lot about these kinds of things is like, what makes your space so special? I've been in it. Why is it so different? It's different because it's not based on money. (laughs) Like it's different because it's based on passion and I'm giving because I want to not because I'm trying to like gain anything. Mm -hmm. And like that even, you know, I don't know that I'm necessarily the best person to tell someone how to become a six or seven figure entrepreneur because money was never my primary focus Mm -hmm. in anything. Um, And so, but I also think that's what makes it special. Like Women's Travel Fest, even though we have now sponsors like Uber and American Airlines, like we have a lot of big names behind us, it still feels very authentic because at the end of the day, it's still me getting up on stage and pouring my heart out to the audience Mm -hmm. and saying like, this is the story. This is why we're here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like for money. <laughs> I mean, it's for passion. Yeah. Um, and now I don't know, you know, I, I'm moving into resilience and defiance and it's like, what even is that? Like, what, you know, how do you define resilience? How could you teach resilience? How can you encourage resilience? How can you help support women I mean that's always who I'm gonna talk to in going through some of the bumpiest hardest things in life you know and it's like the answer for me is it isn't just me like it's all of us like we do we do it collectively mm-hmm. and um that's always been something that I feel like I have done is like I've never just tried to be the one like I I try to pull up because it is about community and like I don't pretend to know everything but I know people who do you know (laughs) like I don't have all the answers but I know someone who does so um and I think like community and and people I mean and and also like it goes back to how I was raised like my friends were my family 
the people who who I spent time with I mean I, I wasn't at home so I really had to build that support system and like build that family and that's still what I do now it's just virtually and usually related to travel um, but everyone in travel also has a personal story of overcoming and resilience and you know sometimes creating or not creating because other people told them that they couldn't and I'm just so tired of hearing that. Like, I don't want anyone to give up on their dreams because someone tells them that they're not, you know, they don't have the brain for it or the look for it or, you know, whatever it is. It's just, and also like, I'm, I'm kind of tired of hearing from the same faces and voices in the world. Like, I feel like we need more people to, to share. And um, so I, I'm happy to help do that. And it starts by sharing my own story. And, you know, for the first half of the year while I was writing it, like, I was a mess. It was really hard. It was really hard to tell these stories. And then, like, not knowing, like, what, what implication is this going to have on my family? Like, what is my mom going to think about this? But what I found is that in talking and sharing, like, she and I have never been better. Like, when I finally told her some of the specific memories and stories that I have, we got to heal like she and I, you know, and I could have never imagined that. Um, and so that's like, also, it also made me be like, you know what, now I can now with her permission and love, like I can talk about these things because it is my story. It is my life. I did experience it and it sucked, but it's got to all be for a reason, right? Like it all has to everything that we go through makes us who we are and like puts us on this specific path. Mine just so happened to start with travel. So yeah, I'm excited to see what's next. Yeah. I thank you for um, walking through that part of the experience as well, because I think so many of us, um, if we feel called to share our story, which I think, like you were saying, we all should. And honestly, with this experience too, I just want to connect with everyone because every time I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so much better, so much richer, so much um, more beautiful. Like every story is incredible. Every single person has that within them um, and it's valuable. So there's that. And then also the discomfort of, I guess, airing our dirty laundry or like these things that we're supposed to be shameful of. And I had written an article last year. I don't even know because time is weird. Um, but I wrote an article and I remember thinking like, no, I, I'm supposed to be carrying this like in secret with shame, with all these layers over top of it, because it's my dark truth or whatever. And um, it took a lot to just like walk through that portion of it. And then I wrote it and I felt a lot better, right? I, I was like, wow, I've never seen it on a page or like outside of my body, but it still hadn't been published. And I was like, counting down the days and every day was like nope I changed my mind nope I changed my mind and then I would tell someone about it and they're like oh my gosh I'm so excited um I can't wait to read it or then once it finally published it was like this like such a, a weight of hiding that or like just not acknowledging it was released and then people started reading it and saying 
you know, like it literally was at the time of Me Too. So it was literally like getting texts of Me Too. And um, that was huge. Like I, I had to wrestle with, I didn't know that my story was like the most difficult or the most challenging or the most awful or the most, all the most thing. And so it didn't deserve to take up space in that arena and it wasn't true. And in doing so, all these other people got to share their story. So I'm not surprised at all, like people being drawn to you, like moths to a flame, because once we see that it's magic. Like we don't know we can do that. The same as we don't know women can set out and travel by themselves or start businesses that are, you know, of this grand scale when we don't have any expertise, like we just don't know it. And then we see it and it's magic. Yeah, totally. And like in, you know, of course I want to share to help others. Like that's my, my main purpose in all of this. And I'm also in a place now at 35, like a little bit more removed, have had some therapy, like can speak about these kinds of things. But I think that the most therapeutic thing that happened is writing this book created this like beautiful distance between me and the past. It's like, it's, you know, when you're journaling and you're kind of free journaling and you're not even thinking, you don't even know what you're writing. Like, even though I, I've read this book a thousand times because I've finished it, edited it, blah, 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 blah. I still sometimes right now, like, am wondering, like, thinking, like, what did I even write? You know, like, you're kind of distanced from it. And that's, like, a beautiful part of healing, too, is, like, you've taken it out and you've given it a purpose. And the purpose is the page. And, like, that's maybe all that needs to happen. And then the same thing with you. It's, like, I went back and forth being, like, you know, I'm so proud of this, so proud of this. I'm proud of every single word of this book. But, and so I'm so excited to get it out. So it's like, do I self-publish it because I have a bit of a community or do I give it a greater and wider runway, you know, going with a publisher that has distribution, can get me into bookstores, but it won't be right now. So it's like fighting with that. I'm not a very patient person. Like I hate waiting. So that's, that's also the thing is like when I create, I want to create right now. And so it's really been a journey of like, you know, the book's going to come out when it's, it's time to come out. And I think right now that's looking like next fall um, because I'm not going to self-publish it. And when it comes out, I'm hopeful that what I can do in the next 18 months is create a really beautiful landing for it in, you know, developing work around building resilience so that when the book comes out it's like pink like a little cherry on top um because I'm so not patient but I will be totally like I'm excited for people to read it I've gone I think I've moved past the like fear of people reading it and now I'm just ready to be like read it <laughs> like I hope it helps you you know read it tell tell everyone to read it like because it is such a shame thing that we carry around for so long and like, you know, growing up the way that I did, I always felt unworthy, like, and I always felt like, yeah, like, you know, I shouldn't be the one. And, um, but at the same time, like determined to, to be the one because I, because I felt that way, if that makes sense, like proving to yourself that you can and like kind of becoming an overachiever in this, like, effort to show to yourself and to the world that you are worthy and you are talented and like all these sorts of things and like 
yeah, <laughs> I mean, the process of writing has been really beautiful, really healing for me. And it's also kind of like the death of the ego because it's like you become so invested. I became so invested in my companies. Like they like became who I am, you know? And now I'm really sort of saying to the world, like, okay, well, I'm going to walk down this, this path, this new path, because it is who I really truly am. And like in the process of that, some things may have to shift and some things may have to go. And like, I can't see that as a death. I just have to see it as like, this was part of the runway. So yeah, I mean, I couldn't have said that 11 years ago, like, oh, I create, I'm, I'm going into debt to create the world's first guidebook. So then eventually I could talk about resilience. Like, no, I would not <laughs> ever, you know, I would have never known that, but right, it's part of the path. So yeah, I also love kind of going back to where we started, where we were talking about kind of this like sword wheeling version of yourself. And it was proving that point and telling yourself, I am good enough. Like, don't tell me I can't like now you have. And now you're like in this space of you're like, I kind of think I'm letting go of too many things. It's like, <laughs> I won that battle, you know, like internally, you're like, oh, mm -hmm. no, I'm good. Like yeah. now that's not my narrative anymore. I can maybe choose one thing or two Hopefully. to five instead of 12 or whatever that looks like. But yeah, like that's where it just landed for me. I was like, oh, I can see like, as you talked through your journey, like it was like the and then like, the release yeah, yeah it does yeah. it is definitely a release and just like you know I'm not the first person to have a shitty childhood <laughs> like, it's not just me it wasn't my fault you know we've all gone through things that are hard and difficult and and I really feel like we got to talk about that especially if you are a public person or you want to be because, you know, so many people have rooted for me, I think, because they saw me like, oh, this girl's a bartender and she's building these brands and like, that's the come up. But that's not the full picture of it. Like, that's not actually the come up. The come up is surviving childhood and using that as fuel to become successful. And like, yeah, bartending was a means to an end of that, but it wasn't the whole picture. And um, it is certainly a release because you just like it's fine. And, and I always thought like in my head, you know, because I was always told how fat I was, I always had these complexes in my head about my body. Like, oh, I have to look a certain way when I do this. Or like, when I really step into my potential, I'm going to be thinner or, you know, and so like for the whole, all of 2020, what I felt like I was doing was growing into my own footprints, like really stepping into my own potential and becoming the person who can write a book like this and stand behind it you know, and like that is, a, I think that I'm at the end of that. But I definitely remember throughout 2020, like having panics on Instagram and just talking about it and being like, am I worthy enough to be the creator of this work? Like, am I enough? Um, like, that's going to be a forever thing that I think. <laughs> and those are like always thoughts that I have to fight against because of how I grew up. And what's funny is that my name in Gaelic means warrior woman. So like, it makes a lot of sense, right? Because I feel like I was always like, you know, fighting my way through. And now maybe my, maybe my purpose is no longer to keep fighting. Maybe my purpose is to support others in that fight. And like, maybe my purpose is to help be the light, you know, especially for, for women who are surrounded by darkness, especially for young girls who are surrounded by darkness because if I had had someone that I could really look up to when I was a kid you know I 
I would have been a lot easier <laughs> to know, like, you know, this doesn't define you and like you get to create what future you want because I could have very easily gone down another path. Like I could have very easily, <laughs> you know, my mom, I remember my mom saying to me one day, like, you know, I'm glad that, that you never found drugs and you never really got hooked there because I wouldn't have blamed you. Like it wouldn't have been, you know, it's not addiction is obviously no one's fault ever, but like my life could have taken a different direction had I not been so damn determined to prove everyone wrong. So <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm happy that I'm stubborn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, this is just, um, thank you so much for, for really sharing. Um, I, it's, it's important. It is so important. Um, so I feel privileged to have shared this space with you and to bring this conversation um, to anyone who's listening to solo travel and to kind of be at the doorstep of this becoming a bigger part of your journey. And I cannot, I just really, I cannot wait to see where it goes. Like I've said, I've kind of been a Kelly fan all along and I'm so excited to just see this next version of you step onto the, the stage and, and keep going. Yeah, that's a beautiful image. Thank you so much for the time and I'm I'm always happy to know you and I'm just I'm super honored that my life brought me here. <laughs> so thank you. Well, on that note, I think that's just the most perfect place to end this conversation and when your book releases, I can't wait to have you back so we can talk about what the next this 18 months will have you through. So. And if, if anyone's watching and wants more information, you can always go to tellhershecant.com or follow Tell Her She Can't on any of the social platforms. This has been really fun. I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to Soul of Travel. I hope you enjoyed the journey. If this sounds like your community, welcome. I'm so happy to connect with you. You can find more about the ways you can be a part of the Soul of Travel and Lotus Sojourn community at www.lotussojourns.com. Here, you can find out more about Soul of Travel and my guests. You can also find the Lotus Sojourns I Guide for Women, as well as my current book, Sojourn, offering an opportunity to explore your heart, mind, and the world through the pages of books specially selected to create a unique journey. You can find me on Facebook at Lotus Sojourns and join our community, the Lotus Sojourns Collective, or follow me on Instagram, either at Lotus Sojourns or Soul of Travel Podcast. Join the Lotus Sojourns mailing list. I look forward to getting to know you and hopefully hear your story.